Hello and welcome to the first podcast in our 2021-2022 series on school improvement in Ohio. I'm Jim Gay, co-director of the OLAC Project. Today we'll be talking about a model of leadership used by educators in Ohio and how it relates to issues of equity. The model has four components, promoting system-wide learning, prioritizing teaching and learning, building capacity through support and accountability, and sustaining an open and collaborative culture. This model of leadership helps Ohio districts use the Ohio improvement process to achieve both excellence and equity. In Ohio, equity means giving all students resources and services according to their needs. Equity ensures equal access to meaningful and productive education, regardless of a student's race, gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity, language, disability, family background, or income. To help us understand how all of this fits together, we'll speak with Michelle Moore, Director of Ohio State Support Team Region 5 in Northeastern Ohio, one of 16 state support teams in Ohio. Michelle will explain the four parts of the leadership model and how they are evaluated through the Systemic Improvement Practices Review, or SIPR. She will highlight how this type of leadership supports district improvement in the quality and equity of educational services, resources, and outcomes. Michelle, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm Michelle Moore. I'm the director of State Support Team Region 5 here in Northeast Ohio, and we serve the counties of Ashtabula, Trumbull, Mahoning, and Columbiana. So, Michelle, can you tell us about the model of leadership used in Ohio? So, we all know leadership is important and critical for district and school success. But sometimes it's hard to really define what those influential behaviors are that leadership must take. So the first is around promoting system-wide learning. We know it's important to build that culture of learning and collaboration, building that culture of inquiry where we're asking good questions of ourselves. And then what are those questions about? That leads us right to strategy two, which is the prioritization of teaching and learning. So that's the heart and soul of what we do in education is focus on that important piece of what are the adults doing around teaching those high leverage practices and high quality teaching and how are our students responding in learning and also how we as adults are learning. All right. So. The third strategy layers right in to teaching and learning because it leads us to building that capacity through support and accountability. So we know that there's a balance of that positive pressure that helps us change. And then also the supports to make that happen. So that reciprocal system of support and accountability, it's really a, a balancing act to help us implement those goals, strategies, and measures of our plan. And all of that happens in the fourth critical strategy, which is maintaining that collaborative culture. So we know no matter how gifted an individual is in our district, no one can do it alone. So the success of our organization is really building the team structure and building the capacity of our teams through the spirit of collaboration. Thanks for that excellent summary. Before we take each of the four components individually, I wonder if you could maybe talk a little bit about equity and what it means. So in Ohio, based on our state strategic plan, each child, our future, we have a common definition of equity in education. 
And that definition is that each child has access to relevant, challenging academic experiences and educational resources necessary for success across race, gender, ethnicity, language, disability, family background, and income. So when we think about the difference between equity and equality, equity is getting to the point of ensuring that each child has what they need. And we know some students need more and some students need less. And it doesn't mean that we're watering down or having lower expectations. It's being able to to raise the achievement of each and every student. We don't want to continue to have students who are marginalized and continue to struggle. And even more than that, as leaders in education, it's really that commitment to action that's so important. You know, really having that process to ensure the access and opportunity that we offer to each child is fair and just. We need to take deliberate action. So it has to be an approach that every adult in the system is working on behalf of each child to really help them get there. Is our system, is our institution set up to provide success for all students. And one of the ways that we need to do that is to to carefully look at our policies and our procedures in all areas that may be promoting inequity. So it's an important piece that we look at day in and day out, and it's gonna be work that never ends. You know, we're always striving. That's the whole point of continuous improvement. We're always striving to get better. That's great, thanks. Returning to the model of leadership, can you tell us a bit more about what it means to promote system-wide learning, especially through the lens of equity? System-wide learning is guided through our ongoing data use and monitoring of our improvement efforts. When we think of that rapid cycle problem solving, that's important as we advance equity. Some of the work is stretching ourselves to new learning and being open to also unlearning as well. So our teams that are reviewing that disaggregated data, we're able to analyze what's working overall, but we're also looking at what's impacting specific groups of students as well. I think our past state superintendent, Paul DeMaria said it best when he talked about equity as an outcome. And we know we reach that when the gaps are gone and each child reaches at least proficiency, but hopefully above, but also it's about a belief that each child can succeed. So do we all believe that each and every child that walks through our door is gonna be successful? And he also said, it's an approach. We deliberately take action to address the differing needs of each child and help them reach success. And finally, he shared the habit of practice that organizationally and individually, we have to address equity. So when I think about equity through that lens of belief, approach and habit of practice, I think it directly aligns to our system-wide learning. Data seems central to this process. Can you tell us how educators in Ohio can gather the right data to promote system-wide learning? So luckily now with OLAC, we have a quick online assessment that helps us measure and monitor how our teams are progressing in providing those leadership in the areas that improve instruction as well as promote equity. So the systemic improvement practices or the SIPR measures four sets of strategies. And the first key practice is around um, promoting that system-wide learning. So the team's model really sets that learning agenda and it's about building 
that culture of learning and inquiry. So when we think about building that collective capacity and the belief that we as a group can have that positive impact on both the achievement and growth for each student in our district. And when we're looking at teams, we're very much uh, more likely to take risks. So I think that's an important part as we are thinking about that system-wide learning. It's about the ability to take risks and make mistakes. And within this, this first key practice of promoting that system-wide learning, that's where we're able to take those risks and learn what works in our specific district or school and what and equally is important, what does not work in our district and school. And then really, then how do we know? Excellent. As you mentioned, promoting system-wide learning is about reflecting on practice guided by the right data. This, of course, leads directly to prioritizing teaching and learning. Can you tell us more about this component and how it connects with equity? So in Ohio, we're lucky to have a state strategic plan, Each Child Our Future, as well as an accompanying plan, Each Child Means Each Child. And both of those plans really speak to me because it's about the success of the full range of learners. So notice we're not talking about all students, we're talking about each student and each scholar that we serve, ensuring their success. And the only way that I know of improving outcomes for each learner is through high quality teaching and learning. So that focus on not only the teaching materials aligned to grade level standards, but also thinking about how they're delivered by caring teachers, those warm demanders with leaders supporting them. So we're focusing on teaching and and learning, and that's where we begin to truly address equity. So prioritizing teaching and learning really is at the core of promoting equity. And of course, to do this, we need to talk about instruction. It's essential that we support all educators to work together to meet the instructional needs of each student through the use of inclusive instructional practices, which you have noted leads to the third component, building capacity through support and accountability. So why is this so important, especially for promoting equity? So the importance of capacity building really supports that um, accountability as we strive towards equity. This is hard work, and we often are out of our comfort zones when we reflect on our individual bias and we're analyzing data for system-level practices that are inhibiting the success of each student. So the good news is that we as educators as a whole are lifelong learners and we strive for excellence. I think part of the capacity building is helping us hold up that mirror at every level of the system. So at the individual level, that's important as we examine and learn about ourselves but also as teams at the teacher level, at the school level, at the district level, we continue our learning and our journey towards equity. You mentioned teams. How do these fit in? So in Ohio, we have collaborative teams for a reason. No individual has all the answers. So we know it's through that collective problem solving that we begin to reach each child. We're really lucky in the field of education that we have expertise in a wide range. We have reading experts, we have math experts, people with behavioral support, knowledge and skills through school psychologists, social workers, speech paths, counselors, the list goes on and on. So by leveraging that expertise through collaboration and planning, that's where we begin to have the skills to reach and teach each child. And this culture of collaboration is where we begin to break down those silos between general education, special education, English learner, title, all the ways that we 
separate students and take responsibility. This shifts that focus to a collective responsibility for serving each scholar that walks through our door. So I really think that together, that's how we begin to address equity, having those honest conversations about data and any systemic practices that are negatively addressing or negatively impacting our marginalized students. That's really great. I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about how this plays out in the specific teams we use in Ohio. Okay, so in Ohio, we have the Ohio Improvement Process and the OLAC Essential Practices that really guide our work and enhance the idea of keeping the priority on teaching and learning. So when we think about the role and function of our collaborative structure, so if we think about the role of the district leadership team, it is really to support the implementation of our focus plan, our one plan, which should be written through the lens of what are those strategies that are going to improve teaching and learning through pre-K through 12 across our system. And the role of the district leadership team is to support the building leadership team and the building leadership team's implementation of their school improvement plan, which also directly aligns to changing the practices of teaching and learning in our district. How are we measuring the changes in those adult practices to better serve each and every child that walks through our door? And then finally, the heart of it at the teacher-based team, they're really investigating what are the key instructional practices aligned to grade level standards that will have the biggest impact for the children that they are teaching. Interesting. The four parts of the leadership model really exist within these teams, which makes sense since the model is what we use to help districts with the Ohio improvement process. Properly functioning teams promote system-wide learning. They prioritize teaching and learning, they build capacity, and they sustain an open and collaborative culture. And it's through these processes that we improve equity. Exactly. Several times in our conversation, we've returned to the idea of prioritizing teaching and learning. To close, I wonder if you can remind us why these are so important. So the whole purpose of the educational system, it's really about teaching and learning. It's so easy to get distracted by all the emergencies and the operational side of our work. Those are the things that get our attention quickly. But we know that effective teams ensure that their priority is on the improvement of teaching and learning, keeping the focus on the focus. And that's what our improvement efforts are all about. Our strategies are for improving how the adults are teaching and then how both uh, we're learning along with our students on what's working. And really, this is where the engagement of every adult in the system has an important role in educating our scholars. We know the most important resource that we have in education is human capital. So planning on how we differentiate supports based on the need of our educators, that's critical. So that's why, you know, teaching and learning is the heart of it. And if we don't address teaching and learning, then the other three areas, you know, aren't going to fall anywhere because we're building capacity to support teaching and learning. And we're maintaining that collaborative culture so that we can support teaching and learning. Of course, prioritizing teaching and learning and the other three domains are assessed through the Systemic Improvement Practices Review, or SIPR. The SIPR allows districts to evaluate their use of strategies related to the four domains, thus helping to support high-level learning. For more on the SIPR and how it's used, please visit the OLAC website. 
For now, though, that's all the time we have. Thanks to Michelle for joining us today and providing these insights. Join us next time when we'll pick up where we left off to discuss in depth the role that prioritizing teaching and learning plays in improving equity in Ohio's education system. I'm Stanley Dudek. I provide support and technical assistance for OLAC podcasts through the University of Cincinnati's Systems Development and Improvement Center. Credit for our podcast music goes to Expendable Friend, whose musical composition is licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license.